I say home. It's not my home. It's my parents' home. I'm at my parents' home in Florida, which I still consider home base to some extent. It's not home base anymore. It's my country of origin. And (laughs) I love it here. I am stronger here. I am more powerful here. I can feel it in my bones. Part of eating dinner, you know, at home, we watch Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, Wheel of Fortune just now so rudely interrupted by president-to-be Joe Biden giving his little address to the nation. This coming to you now, Joe Biden officially has all the electoral votes. He's going to come talk to you now. Couldn't stop coughing this guy, coughing it up. I don't know what, what the, the move is. You know, if it's, it's the pot, if I'm giving a live presentation, if I, if I'm doing stand up, even if it's 10 minutes and I can't get through a, through a sentence without gargling or coughing. I'm getting a water. I'm getting a beer. I'll be like, Hey man, can somebody grab me a beer? That'd be cool. That's a power move potentially. I don't know. It's maybe it's better than just standing there and coughing for the whole night. (laughs) Jeez. I'm not excited about Joe. It's better than the alternative. I feel like Trump is, is an insane psychopath. Joe Biden. I can't say I'm excited about having Joe Biden for four years. I can't say I'm excited about it. Maybe it's good. Maybe it'll be good. You got to be optimistic, I guess. But, you know, I don't like this gloating going on. Am I crazy? It seemed like a little just they got to rub it into Trump's face like, oh, man, these guys they are like, oh, after all the tyrannical and evil and all and all the horrible things that were going on, they won't say his name, but they go "Oh, after all the oppression and all the awful things that were happening and and all this stuff. And it's like, yes, man, we know we know we know this stuff happened The people. But I guess he's talking. He's. Here, okay, this is the part I don't like. This is the part I don't understand is why, you know, you get on there and you're like, well, the American people voted. The American people voted against this. They voted against that. And it's like, no, the American people, a majority of the American people have voted for you, but 70 million people hate your guts. So why are you still talking down to them? Stop it. <laughs> Stop talking down to these people. I don't care how fucking dumb these morons are. These are not smart people. These are not educated people. We know that this is the facts and the figures. They are dumb. They are. I don't know. They're not. Dumb. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm trying to trying to be funny there, but it is. I just nobody has anyone ever been won. Has anybody ever been won over by being talked down to? Really? I don't know. You're watching the, this speech. And you're like, oh, this guy says he's going to represent me, but he's still just like, you know, shitting all over the last guy I voted for. Like, I'm dumb for voting for this guy. I don't know. I don't know if I was them. If I was president of the United States, I would just pretend Trump never happened. I feel like that's the way to go. You just you just ignore it like you're training a dolphin. You ignore the bad behavior. You reward positive behavior. And the thing that's going to annoy him the most is if he's never mentioned again, I'm fascinated to see how it's going to be with like him going to events because the presidents go to things 
They like hang out and stuff, you know? Remember there was that that story about how George Bush always gives candy to Michelle Obama or something like that? Or Michelle always has candy for George? I don't know what it was, but they're they're candy buddies, you know? And they don't see eye to eye politically, but they're 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 uh, you know members of a small elite secret society that meets and decides I don't know about that but maybe maybe sure not even talking conspiratorially when you're someone who's in such an elite club as president of the United States or family member of the president of the United States there's only a handful of people in the world who are going to understand what that's like and there's like five of them alive now right I don't know Bush is Carter still no Carter Carter might still be alive I don't know I don't know I don't keep track of these people (laughs) I don't know I don't have I don't have tabs on these guys. The government should be keeping track of these people. Why don't we know? I could Google it. I won't Google it. I will not Google how many presidents are still alive. There's no way to know. It's impossible to find out. I refuse. I refuse to look it up. Whatever. I've been in. Let's talk this, you know, new segment call outs. When when people, you know, want to want to say something to me, let me know, man. Talk some shit. You hear something on the podcast you don't like, send me a message, email, call the show, whatever you guys want. You know how to reach out, get in touch with me. People are asking, Tim, you're in Florida. Don't you feel like a monster, like a huge turd for coming down to Florida, spreading the deadly COVID virus and uh, being the result of the downfall of the American society as we know it? Uh, yeah, I did. I was anxious about it. I'll be honest. I, did I talk about this on the thing? I mean, it, it's nerve wracking, man. I was really nervous, but when I left and my main concern was not necessarily for myself, but for infecting the other, other human beings, you know, like I may call me optimistic. I'm not in great shape, but I feel like I'm in good enough shape to shake the flu or COVID potentially, you know, I, I'm not worried about I'm not necessarily worried about dying from this disease that seems to disproportionately affect older people, but you know, I'm coming back and I'm staying with my parents who, you know, spend time with my grandparents who spend time with, you know, my entire extended family. And if you really think about it and get paranoid, it's like you are on a slippery slope to infecting everyone, you know, and love and care about and uh, potentially, you know, bringing harm onto your loved ones. And nobody wants to do that. And I certainly didn't want to do that. So, you know, before I left New York, I uh, have really been careful this whole quarantine. I think, you know, I always wear a mask, uh, haven't really been going out to stuff, haven't really been hanging out with people that much. And like the last two weeks before I left, I really didn't hang out with anybody. Um, I was trying to get a COVID test before I left New York. That was like near impossible to do for some reason. And I didn't want to get on a subway, which seems like. You know, it seems like every time I get in the subway, I'm rolling the dice with getting COVID. I didn't want to take the subway to go get tested and then take the subway back from being tested. I was just, you know, so I didn't get a test before I left New York. That would have been cool. That would have been ideal. But I got on the plane. Everyone's wearing a mask. It seems pretty safe. I come to Florida and I wasn't really sure how it was going to go exactly. But, uh, you know, I wore a mask around my folks uh, a lot and, um, you know, wore a mask, tried to be safe, really stayed away from my parents, which at first would be weird, but it's like, oh no, this is what we've been doing this whole time. You know, I I haven't been sitting next to any, you know, you go out on the street, you don't stand near anybody. You kind of stay your, stay your way from people. 
So, you know, I'm like in the same house as my parents, but I have a mask on all the time. We're eating dinner. I'm at the far end of the table. Uh, now, uh, since then, you know, it was like basically quarantined for seven days. We didn't go anywhere. We didn't do anything. In the meantime, we got a COVID test like four or five days after the plane came back uh, negative. What's the good one? Negative or positive? I'm positive. I'm negative for COVID. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm still sitting at the far end of the kitchen table because that's my spot now. That's my spot. That's the spot I've chosen. We are a, uh, you know, a family of tradition, I guess we have our, uh, you know, we do what's comfortable. We are people of, of, uh, patterns behavior. I'm the word is eluding me, but I, a creature of habit. We're all creatures of habit. Can you imagine the chaos of having a family dinner you know, growing up in a house where you just sat in a different seat every night for dinner. I can't even imagine it. The insanity, the blood that would be shed on that table. If me and my sister just sat in my father's chair for a night, it would be insane. And there wasn't ever a conversation about it. There was never, I don't remember ever being talked to like, oh no, get out of that. That's dad's chair. That's dad's chair. It's like, no, 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 no. This was my chair. I just somehow claimed this chair. And after you know, we didn't even talk about it. We didn't sit down and go like, okay, which chair does everybody want? You know, we just sat down and then sat down and then kept sitting. And then, you know, just over, you know, a period of time, those were our seats growing up. And now I'm back in the house, been here a little over a week now. And this is my seat. This is the seat I've been sitting in for seven days. You're telling me all of a sudden I can sit right next to you. I can't. I can't mentally process that. I am accustomed to this space. I have adapted to my environment. This is my seat now. This is my seat now. My dad's upset with me, you know, as upset as my dad gets, which is not very upset in my general direction. But, you know, I came down here. I immediately, what did I need? Because I'm going to be drinking water, coffee, everything. I needed my mug. I'm a one mug guy. I really, if I was living by myself, I would have one plate. I would have one fork. I would have one knife. I would just have one of everything because then I would wash it. I would dry it. And then I would use it again. I, w- I don't need multiple things. When I'm home, I have one mug that I use for everything. I have a water cup that I drink out of, and that's pretty much it. Otherwise, I'm just drinking out of a coffee mug. The same, just one coffee mug I use all the time. So here, I'm like, I need my coffee mug. I grab a coffee mug. It happens to be my dad's coffee mug. So he, I, you know, he loves me. (laughs) It took me a minute to figure this out, but he was his was definitely an adjustment period for him being like, this is my mug though. Why is this? Why is Tim using my mug? This is crazy. This is my house. I am the the head of the house. Tim should not be using my mug. And now I, but I have to keep using it. I would love to give it back to him, but I can't because this is the mug I, I chose. I, you don't, you know, I, and I, and to choose is too loose a term. It was the, the, the mug chose me as the wand chooses the wizard, the, the mug, we had some sort of a, a magical connection. Maybe it's like, you know, to continue the Harry Potter reference, you know, you have a little lineage, right? You have, you know, your parents were in Gryffindor. So maybe you're going to end up in Gryffindor. Maybe, you know, the fact that something drew my father to this Jets mug, this New York Jets mug, maybe that same kind of energy drew me to the New York Jets mug. Uh, I don't know. I can't explain this. It's hard to find words to describe the indescribable bond between a man and the cup he has chosen to drink from. But 
here we are. And this is, uh, this is what we do. This is how we roll. I have my seat. I have my mug. I don't have COVID. And, uh, now we're just trying to, you know, live life as best we can. And it's cool, man. It's fun going, walking around Florida, not wearing, not big on wearing masks. I'll tell you that if you go to the grocery store, you go in places, a lot of people wear masks in places, but the rest of the time I was like, man, you got to wear a mask when you walk outside. And my folks, and <laughs> just all the people I know down here are just like, why, why would I wear a mask outside? And it's like, well, because you're around people and they're like, no, we're not. And you walk outside and there's nobody around. <laughs> In Brooklyn, if I walk outside, I immediately, you can't, you can't walk down the sidewalk without bumping into five people you don't know. It's crazy. And in Brooklyn, even in Brooklyn, you're like, oh, this is, we're spread out. We're basically in the suburbs. We're nowhere. We're nothing like New York city. It's like, yeah, but you're still crazy compared to like every other state or every other, like not a city here. You know, you walk outside, you can go for a walk. You don't see anybody. And you know what? If you see somebody, you can just like step onto the ground. You can like avoid them. It's very easy. I have not had a problem at all staying 10 feet away from people (laughs) the whole time I've been here. We've done some like family parties and stuff. My parents and my family's been doing these like driveway parties. That's the thing. You get to go to the driveway because it's outside. People are spread out in their chairs. Everyone's wearing a mask and you just socialize for a little bit and it's nice and it's pleasant. And, you know, there's mixed feedback. It's weird. You know, it's kind of like a Zoom call, you know, it's still weird because it's like, oh, even if we all get together, like nobody ever just sits. You don't ever get 20 people together and then they all sit in a circle and listen one at a time as people have conversations. It doesn't work like that. You're normally breaking into smaller groups, but you know, everyone's trying to be distanced and all this stuff and people are wearing their masks. And I don't know. My grandpa had a great line where he was talking about how he hates putting the mask over his nose. He's like, I can't breathe when the mask is over my nose, but that's the game we play. (laughs) Even he knows he's like, this is it. We're rolling the dice on this. You know what? I can't breathe but I don't have COVID and that is the balance we are trying to find in this world, the year 2020. What else did I do while I was in Florida here in Florida? You know, I shot guns, baby. I shot so many guns, good old guns met up with a buddy of mine who uh, surprisingly, I feel like I have not seen in person in five years. I I don't know about you, but I have uh, a number of, friends that I consider very close. (laughs) I have a lot of, I feel like a lot is a, is a strong word, but I do have a handful of friends that I consider very close friends of mine, uh, that I love dearly and think about, you know, uh, I don't even often, I think, I think about them where I'm just like, man, hope they're doing all right. Or man, this is cool, blah, blah, blah. And just, uh, you know, have not seen, in six years. And that's pretty, that's pretty also like talk to, I don't, I don't call people. Usually I'm not a good caller. I tried when COVID would start, I would go for a walk, give people a call and it was kind of fun and and nice. And people were shocked. People were shook. If you want to just shake someone to their core, just give them a phone call. Someone you haven't talked to find a friend 
like this, the kind of friend that like was your best friend in college. You haven't spoken in a while. Just call them on the phone and just see how they react. And I'm t- I'm not I'm hyping this up like it's going to be a horrible reveal. It's going to be nice. It's just going to be it's going to be like you never stopped hanging out. It's going to be a pleasant conversation, but they're going to be a little confused. The beginning is like kind of like, oh, are you OK? And then it's like, no, no, no. I just wanted to talk. And it's like, oh, okay, we can, we can talk, I guess. Yeah. Why not, man? It's just, this is a foreign concept. Why would we talk on the phone? We're friends. We're just in a dis. I don't know. Maybe there's, maybe there's more to that, but I, anyway, this is a buddy of mine who I'm like, oh yeah, we're very close. I haven't seen him in six years, <laughs> but, uh, you know, got a lot of love for this dude. Uh, uh, also, <laughs> You brought up the same, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, the same, uh, the same kid who taught me how to use chopsticks at Boy Scout camp. We went, uh, we went to the gun range. Super fun guys. Guns are awesome. That's what they don't talk enough about with gun control, with all the, the political controversy around guns. They don't talk about how much fun they are. We went to this, uh, it was like, uh, <laughs> it was like Frisbee golf or I guess just regular golf, but this was like in the woods. You know, if you ever gone to Frisbee golf, it was exactly like that where there were like 20 holes set up and then you just, you go to, instead of like throwing the disc or <laughs> it'd be wild if you were just like, cool, just shoot into that part of the course. You know, <laughs> like if you hit somebody, you hit somebody, whatever. Uh, this was like each hole was like a little stand thing. And then there were these little triggers off to like the left. So then one person would shoot and one person would press the triggers and the triggers would shoot like a little clay, little clay, whatever you call it, skeet thing, whatever the, the little round clay discs are, it would throw one of those into the air and then you try and shoot it. And in my case, miss a lot. And uh, then you move on to the next one. And we just went through like, you know, 14, 16 holes like that. And there's other people kind of everyone's pretty much keeping their distance. A couple of times you gotta be like, oh, excuse me, whatever. But people, people keep their distance. You're outside. It's nice. You're in nature. Everything smells good because it's just dirt and grass and gunpowder. And you're just blowing away these clays or missing them. And it's just fun, man. It's just a good time. All they, they have all these like clays set up to, uh, clays is the term I've decided to go with for this. They have them set up to mirror like the flight patterns of birds and things like that. So there's some set up like quails or whatever, where they like jump at just kind of like a short hop to another bush. There's some they have called like rabbits where they actually like roll them across the ground at one, like goes behind a bush and then comes out the other side. And it's awesome, man. It's so good. Then we shot some handguns. We did some archery. I mean, it was just a great, just a great good old day with a close friend that I don't see often. And it was nice. Doesn't get better than that. Good old Florida experience. There's a lot of hate on gun. I mean, all my, my Brooklyn friends think, uh, you know, they're like, oh yeah, if somebody owns a gun, they're a bad person. And I, I have to, uh, couldn't disagree more, I guess. I don't, judging someone's morality based on, uh, something like, you know, by a purchase is a little crazy, I guess. Maybe that's not the best example. I was just thinking like purchasing, uh, judging someone by what they own is a little uh, awful, but it's like, no, we do that all the time. You know, the car you drive, hell, slavery is about something people bought. Like there are plenty of things that people buy that show that they are not a good human being, but I don't know, man. The example, I, the example I came up with was like, man, look at this scenario. You don't like guns. Your grandmother lives in the middle of nowhere. She's 45 minutes 
from anyone coming to help her. A robber breaks into her house on night at night. Do you want her to have a gun or not? What? Of course you do. You want her to have a gun and you want her to have as many rounds in that gun as she can handle, man, because her eyesight's bad and she's got the shake. She needs as many rounds as she can get just her whole body shaking. <laughs> she, she unloads that Tommy gun hitting the wall, hitting the ceiling and everything. That's not the bad guy. She needs those chances, though. She needs that opportunity. I don't know. I guns are fun and hunting. Hunting culture is incredible living off the land. There's like a spiritual component to like getting your food. You go to the store and you buy meat. It came from something. Something died for your food. It dies all the time. And just to get closer to that process, I think there's something powerful there. I, I don't know. Another fun thing about being home is uh, mom conversations. I don't know if you guys have this for sure. Uh, it's very fun to listen to. uh <laughs> my mom on the phone talking about me. I feel like I haven't been around that in a while. I've forgotten what it's like to have somebody talking to another person about you like you aren't even there, but that is uh, the parents right. And I respect it. It's a little unnerving of just like, okay, cool. So I thought that was something we talked about in confidence, but I guess everyone knows about my rash. Now this is, (laughs) this is great. I'm excited. Yeah, I thought those were uh, secrets shared between uh, my closest family members. But sure, I guess the neighbor would love to know how uh, how all of that is progressing. Um, It's fun. It's just fun to be around. But I think, you know, it's the kind of thing of like, I think your parents have have the right to just talk about you as much as they want. They you came out of them, you know, they can talk about you. However, they want. You can talk about your parents, everyone. I mean, if I talk about my parents on this pod, I think I'm allowed to. They're they're my family. I can say whatever I want about them, and I can't be mad if they're saying whatever they want about me. They can tell the neighbors all my business, you know. But it's funny how often you're like a kid just confiding in your parents, like, "Oh my god, don't tell anybody. This is embarrassing. This is so embarrassing. Oh my god." And then you go to a family event and your uncle's like, Hey, Tim, I heard you pissed your pants. You got so drunk. And it's like, okay, cool. I thought we were we were keeping this, this low key, but no, I guess everybody knows about my past <laughs> pants pissing night out on the town, whatever. Normally that's enemy making material. I'll say that my mom, my parents, you know, they get away scot-free. I get away scot-free talking about the folks, but if anybody else wrongs me, any non-blood wrongs me in this way. I How many take a drink of you? If I say the word blood during a podcast, it. Uh, <laughs> I'm a man who needs enemies. I've realized I've have. I don't know what exactly that is about. I feel like I'm a pretty nice guy, but maybe it's kind of like the election thing. You know, I've talked about on on here where it's like, why are people voting for who they vote for? And and whatever side you're on when it comes to voting, that's your that's your team. And you will not hear anybody say bad about your team. I think that's the the gist of it, right? Whatever. There's all these little things. You make these little decisions and you're like, cool. Uh, you know, I buy a gun. I'm a gun person now. And there's the people on one side and there's the people on the other side. And if you're not on my side, then you're on the other side. And that's how it is. And that's how we're all geared up. You know, if you're playing a sport, you're on one team and they're on the other team and that's it. You know, you're in school. You're like, this is my class. That's their class. I don't know. We're competing for who can sell the most books. I, I I don't know what the fuck. 
but you're constantly competing with stuff. You go to a sales job, you're competing against the other people on your team. There's your team. There's that team. You join a company. It's like, this is our company. That's your company. There's, it's just people. It's tribalism. People want a tribe. People need a tribe. And I guess in lieu of a tribe, I become a one man tribe and I find a nemesis and I stick to him. I don't know what it is. I just constantly currently I don't feel like I have an enemy. I don't I feel like I'm do a good enemy. But I mean and I have some of my close friends got enemy status for a second and then we come out the other side of it and it's great and we're good and we're good to go. We're good to rock and roll, but there are periods where you just have you just need an I mean I <laughs> Part of that is like I I think part of it is I just like refuse whatever like my, my ego is, I just refuse to be disrespected. You know, I refuse to be insulted. You know, I just don't tolerate, which is, you know, it's, it's not big of me. It's, it's small of me to be like, I just need to be treated this way. You know, like a big thing would be like, you know, don't let, (laughs) I wouldn't let other people be talked to this way, but I also draw the line at myself where I'm just like, okay, you are not allowed to say those things to me. Don't use that tone around me. Don't get in my face. (laughs) You know, very defensive, I guess in that way. So if somebody disrespects me, then I'm like, okay, we are done. That is it. You are on my shit list. We have nothing now. It's over between us. Whatever we had is gone. <laughs> even if they don't care, you know, then that's the thing with like disrespect is like, sometimes it's an accent. Sometimes people don't even mean it, but you took it that way. And now there's no going back. It's like finding your seat at the table, finding your mug. It's like, this is my mug. This nem- this enemy is my mug and, and they chose me and we chose each other. And now we are in this soul bond of nemesis to nemesis or whatever the opposite of that is. I don't know. And there's the, I remember going to see uh, this comic and as a friend of a friend or whatever. And we got us into this club and this is a comedy seller. I, I don't even want to say names, whatever it is. People will know exactly who I'm talking about, but it was just this guy, uh, this comic and he's on stage and, and he goes up and he's, and he, and he does well. He actually cried, he crushed it. He did great, but I know it's because he's doing the material. I can tell, you know, just watching this thing. I'm like, Oh yeah, he's showing off. He's showing off. He invited us to this show. Now he's showing off for us. Uh, he's doing the act. Other guys are workshopping stuff, but he's just like, no, I got to bring the shit tonight. I got a fan in the crowd and then comes over and my, uh, my buddy introduces me like, Hey man, this, this is Tim. He's a comic too. And he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's nice, man. Um, if you keep working hard, maybe I'll see you at the comics table upstairs soon, you know? And it's like kind of a nice thing, but the way he said it was like, Oh, I'm up here and someday maybe you could be up here too. And I just immediately thought, uh, Fuck you. (laughs) I can't stand this now. It's like, sure. What he's talking about is like, hey, man, if you know, if you keep up with it, maybe you'll achieve your wildest dreams as well. Because it's like, (laughs) Tim, do you want to sit at that table? (laughs) Hell yeah, I want to sit at that table. I want to be working the comedy cellar. That sounds awesome. Why can't I do it now? And uh, but just to be just the tone, the tone of like, ugh. If you work hard, you can sit up here with me. Oh, fuck you. I can't stand it. I can't. But again, that's so dumb. saying that to you guys, you're probably just like, Tim, this is dumb. This is he. He said a nice thing. It's like, no, no, it's the way he said it. it's the tone. 
the tone he used was just oh disrespectful oh my god let's see here's a good thing about florida a good thing Publix. Publix is the best thing about florida <laughs> it's, i don't know i don't know if it's the best thing about florida but it's pretty darn good it's just nice to be able to go to go to a place and get everything you need which is not something that exists in new york new york is a feudal system of of different kingdoms spread out over this large terrain you know each stop on the train being a town on a trail you know the way like people would mine the old west you know wherever there's water a village occurs you know like that's what a train stop is you get off the subway and there's like bodegas and things and the farther you get there's nothing you know you walk a couple blocks and there isn't food for miles you have to trek back to where you were to get sustenance every day like you know the people carrying water to their village from the river five miles away (laughs) it's just like that you're so separated from all this stuff and if you want an item you got to go to this this store because they're all so much smaller so you got to go to this one but if you want another thing you got to go to this one and if you want a different thing you got to go to this one it's like Publix Walmart those are the big two down here that's all you need you got your stuff at Walmart, you got your food at Publix, and everything in between is just gravy, but you're not making these little day trips. I got treated to, oh man, I got down here and the folks are like, Tim, what do you want to eat? And it's like, wow, this is crazy. When was the last time anybody asked me what I wanted to eat? This is incredible. I said, I want it for breakfast, cereal. Do you like cereal? I was like, you know, I like Quaker squares. You know, I love some Quaker squares. You know, what other cereal I really like is the O's. I don't, it's like a Cheerio, but there's like little, little things in the middle. I don't know what it is about O's, but they're, they're delicious. They're incredible. And I love them. And I was like, you know, if you see some O's, I was throwing it out there like, uh, you know, if you see them, because now when I'm in Brooklyn, it's like one store has them, but that's not like the good store most of the time. So I go to the other store all the time. So I never get O's. And then, you know, my dad comes back from Publix. He's got O's. They were BOGO. BOGO O's. Buy one, get one free. That's how great Publix is. If you buy one, they'll give you another one. These guys are incredible. BOGO O's. I don't know why I was surprised. This is the greatest company in the history of our country. These guys are doing the Lord's work giving you what you need like they read my mind. I don't know why I'm surprised my dad came home with these. Of course they had them. Of course they had. Why did I ever doubt that Publix would would have my cereal of choice for breakfast? They are delicious. They are tasty. And uh, I guess I recommend them. I guess this this episode needs to be sponsored by O's. You crack the top open. You pop the bag. Oh, man. They you take a bite. They are stale as hell already that's how you know it's good <laughs> when a fresh box of something tastes stale that's how you know you are getting the real thing they need milk man they need milk you put them in a bowl you pour some milk in they come alive they need it the way a fire needs oxygen the way people need food O's cereal <laughs> needs milk it is nothing without milk It is dry pieces of cardboard without milk, but with milk, it combines and grows into something more powerful. It's like those little things that you would get as kids where it's like a little tiny sponge. Then you put water on it. It becomes a sponge dinosaur and you're like, wow, life is incredible 
credible. And there's so many things in this world that I do not truly understand, but I can't wait to grow up in this place and learn more about it and make new discoveries every day. That is milk to the oath cereal. <laughs> it is <laughs> delicious. It thrives in there. It is incredible and then i just go outside and i sit in the florida sun and i eat my o's and drink my decaf cup of coffee and man i'm like a pig in his own shit i am rolling around having a great time things could not be better than that man oh boy man i'm just so happy right now thinking about it man i can't stop smiling just thinking about it. <laughs> out there watching some pelicans dive bomb each other eating my o's man that's paradise right now good god i am blessed i am blessed in my life right now (laughs) i wish the same on everybody else i wish the same goodwill and fortune that has come upon me this in this week and days to come upon every person listening to this podcast even if you're not wishing listening to this podcast man i wish you the same gosh I'll tell you what really grinds my gears now. <laughs> Man, you know what else was BOGO? It was boxes, boxed candy. You know, the kind of candy you get for a girlfriend. This was the kind of candy that was on sale. So my dad came home with some of that. Man, oh man, you know when you got the candy and you open, you pop the lid? You pop the lid and it's got that little piece of paper on it. Like, oh man, like what if these candies get out and escape, you know, like, oh, we got to keep these bad boys in the plastic little, little cups we got set up for them or else they'll jump out and go all over the place, man. (laughs) Like Pringles, you know, once you pop the top, the fun don't stop unless you got this little piece of cardboard here to hold them down. And then they have the map. A lot of these places, they got the map. You remember, you ever see the map where you look at the chocolates and then the top, it's like, oh, well, this one's a vanilla and this one's a caramel thing. And this one's got strawberry in it. And there's people who actually like pop the top on these things. They look at the lid and they see the chocolates and they go, oh my God, I can't make up my mind. I need some sort of direction. I need some kind of a roadmap to point me on the right path. What choice do I make here? And they need to consult the charts, the way people consult Zodiac signs to find the candy that's right for them. These are the worst kind of people on the planet. The people who check the lid of the chocolate box to see which chocolate they're going to grab live for once in your life. You sad excuse for human beings. Get out there. Take a risk. Take a chance. Feel the wind on your face. (laughs) Take the leap. Buy the plane ticket. Get out there and do you, man. Why are you living like this? Oh my God. The fear, the cowardice. These Kevin Durant motherfuckers can't make a goddamn decision for themselves. But what if I get a strawberry one? Uh, What if you get a good one? That is... What if you get the one that's just chocolate fudge in it? You know, what if you get the vanilla cream and you're thinking, 
man, but if I looked at the map and knew this one was vanilla cream, I never would have tried it because why would I eat vanilla cream when I can have chocolate cream? But really, it's like, wow, you know, it's already got chocolate around the outside. And as I've become an adult, my palate has matured a bit. And now the contrast between the vanilla and the chocolate is something I really enjoy. And I wouldn't have known that if I didn't take a goddamn chance and roll the dice with which round little chocolate deliciousness I was going to choose from the box. Good God, man. Good God. <laughs> and these guys were BOGO too. Publix is the best. Life is good. I wish you all every happiness. Man, I'm just in a good mood tonight. I'll leave you there. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. Man, if you need, if you haven't gotten enough of me this week, boy, next week I'm going to be doing my buddy Colby Smith's podcast, Young person's radio give that a listen give that a download in preparation of our episode which will be coming out next week wow so fun so much content uh if you got any beef to pick with me man let me know hit me up do my thing i'll talk about in call outs uh uh email the show let me know and the king stays king bye